This is The Guardian. Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week, we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. Two years after fires devastated the New South Wales South Coast, families still live in caravans as they struggle to rebuild in the face of red tape, a skill shortage and dwindling government support. Gabrielle Chan is Guardian Australia's rural and regional editor. Gabby, can you tell me why you chose this story? For people who live in southern New South Wales, Canberra uh, and west of Canberra generally head to the coast at Christmas time. And it's been a regular spot, I think, for a lot of people. And of course, the bushfires really, I think, had such a big impact on those communities along the coast. And I'd been watching those communities and what they had been dealing with for a long time since the bushfires of 2019-20. And so when we started the Rural Network for Guardian Australia, there's a journalist uh, and lawyer down there by the name of Kieran Pender, and he lives on the South Coast. And he talked to me about um, some figures that he found, and that is almost two years in, one in 10 people who lost their houses has successfully rebuilt, which was just a mind-blowing figure to me. How is it that nine out of 10 people um, who lost their houses still haven't rebuilt uh, two years after the bushfires occurred? And so we decided to look into it. Let's hear it. This is We've Been Abandoned, The Long Road to Recovery for Black Summer Bushfire Survivors by Kieran Pender. As the early morning sun rises over the hills of Wandela, a small hamlet of farms and rural properties near Cabago, it is possible to momentarily overlook the devastation that tore through the area almost two years ago. Birds chirp, dairy cows roam the valley, and a wet winter has left the area carpeted in verdant greenery. The national gaze has long since moved beyond Australia's black summer bushfires. And even here, at ground zero, it is possible to imagine that day can be forgotten. But only for a brief moment. When the sun pokes above the adjacent ridge, it illuminates row after row of barren trees that betray the tranquility. A potent reminder of the fire's enduring impact The trees are upright, but still yet to recover. The same is true of those who inhabit this beautiful but now melancholy part of far south New South Wales. For many, the long road to recovery has only just begun. As he surveys this vista from the construction site that is his home, Graham Friedman is insistent. I wasn't going to be burnt off this site by a fucking bushfire he says. Friedman and his wife, Robin, fled on the morning of New Year's Eve, half an hour before the firestorm hit their property. Neighbours stayed to fight and lost their lives. The Friedmans have spent most of the past 22 months trying to rebuild. It remains a work in progress. As the second anniversary of the Black Summer bushfires approaches, Less than one in ten families who lost their homes on the south coast have finished rebuilding. 
An investigation by Guardian Australia has found that planning difficulties, labour shortages, underinsurance, and a lack of support from government has left many stranded in caravans. As support services are withdrawn, the deployment of case managers from state government agencies has ended, and mental health programs are finishing, local advocates have hit out at what they see as the abandoning of bushfire survivors. Leanne Atkinson is funded by Catholic Social Services to help communities recover. She says, It is so heartbreaking to see people still struggling nearly two years on. There is a significant number of people falling through the cracks, living without adequate housing, access to water and sanitation. In two of the worst-hit local government areas, Bega Valley and Yurubadela, almost 1,000 homes were lost. Data obtained by Guardian Australia shows that barely 7.5% of survivors have finished rebuilding. Across Bega, of 467 homes that were lost, the council has received only 117 applications to rebuild. In other words, three in four families have not even commenced the planning process. Local MP Christy McBain says... Rebuilding their homes isn't as simple as it may seem. The paperwork and red tape can be difficult to understand at the best of times, but it's even more difficult for people experiencing trauma and dealing with the mental, emotional and physical stress of rebuilding after the fires. First step in rebuilding involves the preparation of a development application. It took the Freedmans five months to submit their application for a one-bedroom granny flat. Such is the complexity of the planning process. After the 2009 bushfires in Victoria, laws were amended to make it easier for survivors. This time around in New South Wales, only minor legislative changes were made. Friedman says... We thought some of the lessons from Black Saturday might have been learned. We expected some easing of building requirements, some assistance in terms of planning, but there was none. Construction began last November. It has been a slow process. There is a significant skills and materials shortage in regional Australia. It has been made worse by an influx of sea and tree changes during the pandemic often flush with cash for renovations and incentivised by the federal government's home builder scheme. That's chewed up all the resources, Friedman says. Every time the Freedmans needed a new speciality, a plumber, an electrician, a tiler, there would be a month-long delay. Friedman says some tradespeople in the region have stopped taking bushfire jobs, which are often out of town, more complex and more time-consuming. Friedman says some tradespeople in the region have stopped taking bushfire jobs, which are often out of town, more complex and more time-consuming. There are just not enough tradies and there is a scarcity of building materials, Atkinson adds. As a result, the Freedmans have lived in a small caravan as their rebuilding efforts moved at a snail's pace. At one point, they begged an elderly Tyler to come out of retirement. That was a stroke of good fortune. 
Neighbours have been told the earliest they can get a tiler is March 2022. One delay can have a domino effect. The fire was so intense that underground infrastructure, piping, cabling, sewerage had been destroyed too. Because it is not covered by typical insurance policies, the Freedmans have been left $100,000 out of pocket. Hikes in material costs as a result of higher fire ratings have also meant most survivors are significantly underinsured. A recent report by the Insurance Council of Australia admitted that underinsurance was a real and significant issue in bushfire-hit areas. Friedman has raised these challenges with government at all levels. He says, There ain't nobody to listen. Where money can solve problems, there has been some help. Extensive funding has gone into mental health services. But as Friedman noted in a submission to a Senate inquiry, to people who have lost everything, mental health is getting out of a caravan. Practical support informed by the reality on the ground has been lacking. He adds, This is a problem you can't throw money at. Cumulatively, Friedman's experience of the past two years has amounted to what he calls bureaucracy-induced trauma. He recently saw a trailer for the new ABC series Fires, which ends with a voiceover. You are not alone in this. The dissonance between the drama and reality left him reeling. What a load of shit, he says. There's been nobody here for us, no one here to help. We've been abandoned from day one. The Friedman story is alarming, yet it represents the tip of the iceberg. If anything, they are ahead of the rebuilding curve. The Friedmans will be in their home by Christmas, even if it is just a granny flat. They anticipate that fully rebuilding will take another four years. But many remain in their caravans or sheds. Just last week, Bigger Council was forced to extend an exemption that permits bushfire survivors to live in temporary accommodation on site while they rebuild. The University of Melbourne's Professor Lisa Gibbs says authorities were well aware of this long tale of recovery. After the Black Saturday bushfires of 2009, Gibbs and her colleagues conducted a longitudinal study of the impact on survivors. The research underscored the enduring nature of the trauma. Within four years, a quarter of study participants had been diagnosed with a mental health condition. A decade on, almost one in five survivors was still experiencing financial distress. In communities that had been hit hard, just one-third felt their community had mostly or fully recovered. Gibbs says... One of the recommendations from our research is that there should really be a five-year recovery plan. There'll be an influx of services and support in the immediate period, but there needs to be an appreciation that the support needs to be there for years and transition into local mainstream services so that people are not left hanging. On Cabago's main street, the volunteer-run relief centre has sought to support bushfire survivors. It began operating on day one of the disaster, initially set up at the showgrounds to help evacuees. Ever since, it has evolved to provide whatever support is needed by the community. In the absence of government assistance, the local branch of the Maritime Union is paying the rent for the centre's quaint cottage headquarters. There's no end in sight, 
says volunteer Danielle Murphy. People can't move forward. They keep facing obstacles, red tape, thrown up, lack of trades. A lot of people are in the same spot they were last year. Murphy says the pandemic meant that some of the government services now being withdrawn were never fully utilised. She says they haven't extended any deadlines. They're pulling out and people are at a loss. Atkinson regularly drops by the cottage to swap information with Murphy and her colleagues. With a remit spanning from the Victorian border to Batemans Bay, she spends hours on the road trying to help individuals and communities. Atkinson admits the sheer volume of work is overwhelming, even two years on. I feel like I let people down. I feel guilty when I take time off, she says, her voice wavering with emotion. We've got a long way to go. That was We've Been Abandoned, The Long Road to Recovery for Black Summer Bushfire Survivors by Kieran Pender. The reader was Emily Elise. To see photos and to read the article, go to Guardian Australia's website. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Daniel Simo and Camilla Hannan. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time.